Hi Anil, welcome to Me After Work, You Don't Know What You Don't Know, that's the name of our podcast. Anil G, welcome. Yeah, okay. yeah, um, yeah thank you. <laughs> and really I should explain the purpose of the podcast is, you know, we all have our own bubble or ceiling, you know, things that we're aware of based on our environment, our study, you know, our experiences. But until, you know, something happens, it, it increases that, increases our awareness. And, and that's where the title came. You don't know what you don't know until you know, until you meet someone and they give you a different perspective on a way of thinking yeah. or being yeah. or living yeah. or happiness, yeah. which is what we're going to speak to you yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but while you are talking on, you don't know until you don't know. Just look at it. Isn't that just our natural experience? See, until uh, you see that the truth is that uh, anything becomes a living part of us only when we experience it, isn't it? Mm, I know. I mean, you, uh, you know, uh, even if you look at a small child uh, until you like my granddaughter is there, until I give her the bottle with the milk in it and thrust it into her mouth, how is she going to experience uh, how to suck it? Well, you know what, well, I've been making bread in coat in this time and I said to my dad, like, oh, with very innocently, I said, now I understand why bakers get up so early. Like, now I understand it. He goes, what? <laughs> he looked at me as if I was an idiot. He goes, what, you didn't understand it before that? And I go, look, I did understand it, the theory, but not actually when you're doing it. It's a whole different thing and sometimes no matter what people tell you until you experience it yourself That's you, kind of, yeah. it's so different um yeah. so this is and kind of just to trigger or prompt something you know within yeah. us but but but, but you, you see always one should try and look at things at the universal level because i always say the more you connect with nature the more you will know, you know, what we call as the open book of nature. But that's how nature has created human beings, that uh, you cannot avoid this process of knowing. And knowing is directly connected with experiencing, isn't it? Do you know what? That is so good. You cannot avoid knowing. Yeah, because... Uh, uh, Even though we sometimes we try really hard to, you know... Yeah, but, but the thing is, is that that's what we are here for, you know, in space and time. Whatever you do, right? Even look at this, even in this uh, recording that you're doing, you're going to put some questions to me, but then I'm trying to know what your questions are and then try and answer them, right? Yeah. This is a very, this is a very basic thing which runs right through the human nature. If knowing is not there, then basically we are functionless. Look at it. But what is knowing though? Knowing is to know things, to know about this world, oh, okay. to know about yourself, right? Basically, through knowing, you experience, right? When we talk about uh, one's uh, spiritual journey, right, you've got to look at, I always say, what is changeless? First, look at that. Until you know what is changeless, you will not understand what is changing, right? Now, knowing is actually a changeless attribute in human beings that's how we are built you know whatever you may do you know you may become jesus or you may become ramna maharishi or you may become uh, you know that great sage from bulgaria master Bianca juno uh, you may become the buddha but even then you see even at that level knowing continues mm. right? look at it right? you and that's that. that's what i'm that's that's what i'm connecting with what you're saying is experiencing you see 
it becomes a bit more simpler there you know whatever you do in your awake state you are always experiencing whatever it may be you know good or bad doesn't matter just you said about universal thinking or knowing or and connecting with you know nature yeah can you elaborate on that what what is universal versus not universal well uh, you see that is that's very simple actually you know uh, you, you know the two terms uh, macrocosmic and microcosmic right so uh, okay let's do an exercise you know practically so that you know the list can be very clear what what this is you see now here uh, at our uh, microcosmic level now you are there uh, you know recording this through zoom this particular podcast right so this is at the microcosmic level because it is between celest g and anil g right but then on the other hand look at it you see you have got what you call your individual or own nature but then you see you have also got your higher nature or what is your universal nature basically we don't pay any attention to this but look at the light of consciousness that flows through you right now when i say that this light of consciousness flows through you you know just if you would sit for even 30 seconds or even one minute and just uh, you know bring your attention you know to this light of consciousness actually flowing through you the beauty is you are actually able to bring your attention to this light of consciousness right and what you find is that this is an ever expanding consciousness in which as you are sitting you know though uh you are not trying to look at that but this entire view of 270 degrees around you is there in front of you isn't it and then suddenly if i say uh you know celestial think of the sun you know think of our moon think of our planetary system think of our solar system right or think of our galaxy the milky way and our galaxy has got like 100000 suns can you see that even the view of that is within your consciousness whether it is at a visual mental level or it is at an emotional level or it is at the physical level but really when you look at it you see this entire universe is nothing but it it has to have space and it has to have time right because if there is no space there is no time then there is no universe right but can you see that your consciousness seems to expand beyond this space and time you can just sit down for one minute and actually look at it so there is this uh, celestial what we call as individual attention or you know uh, your microcosmic uh, uh, level attention and then there is this universal attention as well right this universal consciousness so that is what i actually mean that both the things are simultaneously present right but and both are provided by nature but this universal consciousness or which actually is the reality right uh, one hardly pays any attention to that though it is present all the time but it's very subtle and that's basically you know if you look at all the scriptures or the great sages that's what they've been teaching to mankind you know so is it um a knowing interconnectedness yeah it is uh, yeah that's a very good term it's a knowing interconnectedness you can call it that and right? you can't kind of work it out but you kind of know where when you allow time if it's to sit for 30 seconds or, or a minute and that's why universal thinking 
is will serve the greater versus just the individual if you come out of it. Yeah, look, look. This is this is basically the thing. Is just that one is the universal witness, right? The universal witness is actually this reality or that consciousness. Because tell me, what is there in this universe which is not within your own consciousness? Experiment with it as much as you want. You know, this statement never ever can actually go wrong because that's really what it is. Because for this uh, person called Celeste to do anything, you see, can you see one thing? That consciousness precedes whatever you do. I mean, don't you have to be conscious of whatever actually you are doing? So look at it very carefully, right? Uh, so, so consciousness, being conscious is a changeless entity present within us. And that actually is the reality, right? I mean, okay. if I take it to the level of Jesus or I take it to the uh, level of, say, Krishna, you know, both of them are very elevated beings. Could they actually do anything without being conscious of what they were doing? They can't. You have to be conscious of whatever you actually you're doing. That's the only way we function in space and time. So this is actually called universal witness. Right? I mean, this um, leads on to other interesting questions. Yeah, I think let's mm -hmm. wait a second. Yeah. We, uh, absolute happiness. Okay, you've got a podcast on absolute yeah. happiness. What is yeah. absolute happiness? So, uh, look, you know, we are actually in such a time that uh, now every individual really has to decide where does he want to go, right? And, uh, you know, l let me take it in terms of uh, this new, uh, the, the Hindus call it the Satya Yuga or, you know, the age of truth. And in the West, it is very well known as the golden age, right? So, so this, this golden age actually, which is coming, it is going to work on only one attribute, which you call as uh, unconditional happiness or what you call as absolute happiness. Now, look at it. Unconditional happiness is, you see, where there are actually no conditions. How does a normal human being actually function? You see, when you, when you look at yourself carefully, right, you've got to be very, very honest in this. We actually function based on our emotions, right? And basically, the emotions are directly linked with personal desires, right? And personal desire is directly linked with personal judgment, right? If, if you like something, you will go for it. And if you reject something, you will just let it go. Nothing wrong in that. But the thing is this, that you see, most of the time, you know, more than 90% of the time, if you're very honest to yourself, you're actually functioning with a very selfish perspective. Doesn't matter how subtle it is, right? So that aspect is now going to be thrown away completely by nature. And basically what we are calling as Unconditional happiness is a happiness in which, you see, which is not conditioned by an individual's personal judgment. And that actually is directly linked with what we call as unconditional love. Right? So, so you know, it, it is really not costing us uh, anything. We can have selfless, unconditional love for everyone and for everything and still continue to function in whatever way we are actually functioning, right? And that basically, you see, uh, is real happiness because uh, it is not subject to one's 
personal objectives or personal desires and so personal judgment. How do you discern right? between the two selfish happiness versus yeah. just in a, in a normal day, normal person versus selfless happiness? Like well, I mean, it's, in practicality. Um, yeah, you, you, you see, no, 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 this is the thing. That is actually where we come down to the pathway. But to, to, to answer your question, right, in, in very, very simple terms, right, uh, you see, where there is actually personal judgment, personal motivation, and we are only after our, after our own ends, right? So that is basically what we call as relative happiness, which is actually temporary, which is only conditioned by the object of our desire, right? So this relative happiness, it comes and goes. Now, what happens is that if the object of your desire is not fulfilled, what will happen? You know, you'll feel angry. You know, you'll feel abandoned. You will feel sad, isn't it? All these negative impressions, they come upon us, right? Whereas what I'm talking about, unconditional happiness is that it is not dependent upon the objects of an individual's desire. It does okay. not come and go. Right? So if so, I go through my day and I do my work, whatever I have to do, and I'm not affected by emotions or not trying to do yeah. something that's going to make me happy or not do something because I think it's going to make me sad, but just go with the flow of the day, is yeah. that unconditional happiness that is unconditional happiness that is correct right but then the question arises is that how many people can actually do that and how many people are actually in that state right that is actually unconditional happiness because you see when when you look at okay look look at how say uh, jesus is very well known in the west right and in our present times ramna maharishi is very well known in the east right and then my own uh, maharishi master abians arjuno who was from uh, Bulgaria. He is also quite uh, well known. When you look at these people, right, you, you study uh, the life of any of these uh, great uh, sages, right? And every human being everywhere still follows them, whether you're a Muslim or you're a Jew, you know, or you're a Hindu or you're a Christian. You see, look at one thing. They were not affected by even whatever misery is actually inflicted upon them. And exactly what you're talking about, that if I go about my day and, you know, I'm not affected by anything, that is actually absolute happiness. Because what you're doing is that you act spontaneously, right? You act upon what is actually around you and what requires to be undertaken in that, right? I mean, there is a much higher principle further to understand on that, you know. Uh, which is called uh, the principle of contradistinction, right? And uh, uh, what you call as, uh, you know, the day-to-day -day functioning, right? Or uh, uh, contradistinction and judging, right? But, but leaving that aside, in very simple terms, that is actually uh, absolute happiness, that which is not conditioned by our personal, in particular, in brackets, selfish desires linked to our emotions. Do you think that the more that we practice this, the better we yeah. get at it? Absolutely. I mean, uh, anything that you do as you started, uh, you will not know till you know, isn't it? Mm. I guess the, the, <laughs> the challenge is to not have conditions around it. The practice, no, because no, it no, takes no, you... No, no, no. 
no, no. Look, look. The thing is just that we are conditioned. Because it's kind you of contradictory. No, no, no. We, we cannot be theoretical about this. You see, look, no. You've got to learn. This is what we were talking about actually in nature. Now, say, for example, Celeste is there in Sydney. And this person, Anil, is also there in Sydney. Right? Now, you are born as a female. Right? And you are born with your own destiny and your own set of circumstances and where you want to head. Similarly, Anil is also, you know, uh, born in India, came to what do you call uh, Australia, and then I work. I'm a grandfather. I've got a wife, uh, you know, to look after, right? Uh, I also have a daughter, you know, she has a disability. So these are basically our individual circumstances in which everyone has to work. We, we have to obey the laws of that particular plane in which we are in now. We are actually in that physical plane, right? But in, in, in spite of all these things, you see, you have this thing inbuilt within you that you can do everything without actually judging and being selfishly oriented, right? No, okay. so, so that's exactly, but this is not going to come about uh, simply because we are having a discussion and a talk. You see, I always say that, look, in order to attain this, you have to work your way towards it, right? And that comes exactly what you're saying is by uh, one, uh, which is very important, rationally thinking about it, analyzing it, right? Understanding it. And when you have the clarity, and then you see how it can actually be brought about, right? Mm. And uh, that's basically the way to okay. go forward because because okay let, let me actually add this you know i love uh, that you're getting so only, excited yeah today morning only i was actually uh, reading about this don't forget you see this is also both at the macrocosmic level and at the microcosmic level whatever we do whatever our motivation is in the end even your desires why you are actually your desires of objects or why you are so judgmental because you want happiness isn't it Look at it. Anything that you do, one has to be very, very honest, right? Be very honest to yourself. Whatever you do, however you do, in the end, the motivation hidden behind that is that you want to be happy by achieving that, right? Now, the thing is this, that the difference which comes here is that, you see, that is conditioned, that is relative. You know, I've given so many examples in that uh, video. Uh, if, uh, you know, your boyfriend doesn't like you the way you are, or doesn't like your opinion, she throws a tantrum at you. And you don't actually like that, right? Whereas what absolute happiness is, is acceptance, right? Understanding, right? And then uh, you see, unconditional love is not just a very small thing. Unconditional love comes with that even though the conditions may be there, but you are actually, you see, your own thinking and own or your own viewing has advanced to such an extent that it is virtually universal. You can look at that other person. You can accommodate, you know, whatever their uh, thoughts or feelings are, whether they are good or they are bad, and then work with it. But how many people actually do that? You see, this is a very, very rare achievement, even in the present times, even when we've got everything, you know, around us, all the material benefits. But so, so that is really what uh, you know, we're talking about um, absolute Anil, happiness. Yeah. The, the next question, and I, I mean it respectfully, just so I can get a story around where you got to. What makes you an authority on absolute happiness? Why are you someone <laughs> that feels 
driven spontaneously or not to talk about absolute happiness and share it with others uh okay so uh i mean that that's uh, that that, that's an interesting question Uh, so uh, let me answer it uh, as concisely as briefly as i can you see look uh, when actually you are born uh, you see uh, though one may not be able to express them but every human being has something hidden within them which they want to achieve in this life right i mean if you talk to anybody who who has actually you know uh, reached a mature age you know girls say uh, 24 or 25 and say men 28 or 29 right there's there's a level of maturity coming in so since when i was a little boy you see all that i wanted was some sort of a security right because it always troubled me to be in this uh, human form even though i was very very intelligent actually but but what i was actually searching for i never found it until uh, i was about uh, 34 years of age in 1993 when, and I'm an engineer, right? I believe in very logical and regional and relative thinking, right? I want proof for everything, right? So that is when this master, uh, Bianca Duno, appeared. And that's when I experienced the, what you call the rising of currents or Kundalini in my body, you know. And, uh, you know, 60 million of my brain cells actually became active. You know, I became like an enlightened machine, right? A normal human being utilizes only maybe four million cells, brain cells in their entire lifetime, right? But even after being with this uh, Rishi Master Bian Satuno for nearly seven years under his guidance and having read more than about, uh, you know, 15 or 1600 books, the very best books in spirituality of the masters, I couldn't find that uh, thing what I was searching for, you know, that security, right? So, so then uh, the Rishi introduced me to Sage Ramana and then I was with Sage Ramana for, from 2000 till nearly 12 years until, you see, on 21st of September uh, 2016, suddenly actually it dawned that what I'm actually searching for is right here. It is around me. It actually never left me, right? And that is this very simple consciousness. That is why, you see, uh, you know, to where I reached, uh, you see, there is a lot that one has got to really sacrifice from one end because you have to have this burning desire actually to reach there. Now, look at it. So, you see, this consciousness that which we are actually talking about, it is changeless. It is ever present. Look at it. And this is the very source of our thoughts and the very source of our feelings. You know, uh, there's a very famous uh, poem, Awareness is Everywhere. It is at all times, it is here, and it is now, right? You experiment with it, and this is actually true, right? So whatever... Can you say that again? Can you say that again? Yeah, 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 sure. I'm talking... (laughs) I start talking a bit fast. fast. No, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awareness is everywhere. It is at all times. It is here, and it is now, right? Just these uh, four lines, they will always be true. Because whether it is Celesti or Anil, you know, uh, you see, before you do anything, you have to be conscious of it. Consciousness is present. Then in between, consciousness has to be present while we are doing whatever we are doing. And when that doing is finished, consciousness is still there. Right? And actually, when you look at it, look, I'm going to be absolutely honest here, right? We have no other security. We have no other security in our life other than this consciousness 
or the reality because this is one thing which never changes right and everything else that you do everything else that you do is temporary and it's going to drop off no matter how dear it is to you right see i told you i'm an engineer you test it out so that is when it actually dawned with on me that this is a self or this is the god that you know this uh, rishi and sage ramana have actually been trying to teach me for what since 93 long time till 2016 right that's it the moment i had you know this feeling or this experience it has never changed after that and after that slowly i've sort of taken on uh, you know uh, the role of a self emphasized prophet you know to help others also to attain or actually to reach there but as i go further and deeper into it i see uh, you see you can't run away from the day to day life as i was actually telling you and not a lot of human beings actually realize that we are at the end of an era and we are at the start of a golden era so if we want really to enter into that uh, golden era we have to re- there is no choice for us we really have to move actually in that direction right you know Because, what? how come in the west we don't talk about eras like this when you talk about this they do the, the question is and, and actually it is the west which is spearheading in this direction rather than the east right you will be surprised but yeah, it is well. the question but but you got to look at it that are you searching in the right way right there are you know i mean look uh, i've come from the east but uh, my rishi this master bensa duno is from the west but he has introduced to me to so many people just during the last uh, one year i mean if i go into that uh, the next one hour we'll be talking about uh, you know this uh, person i've been communicating with in the last uh, three weeks he has actually written uh, you know about uh, Uh, nearly five books each book is about 3 to 400 pages explaining actually about all this what is the future blueprint of mankind he is from europe there are many people from europe who are actually Do you know like what Anil, can right? you talk about the golden age and 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 the cycles so you know why is this important <laughs> yeah, information yeah. for us to know yeah, if yeah. the golden age is hundreds of years and we're only going to be around for in our physical body for what how how are many years yeah, like okay look yeah, yeah yeah that is that is actually an interesting topic first of all let, let us understand this uh, one uh, very simple thing that basically that's why I, i always go back to mother nature you see there is a stop and there is a start right there is a ebb and there is a flow right that is what basically our uh, life is uh, to 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 give an example of these you know when say when we breathe there's a point you stop you breathe outward and then that breath comes to an end then you breathe say inwardly right when you think there's a point you every thought comes it lasts for some time and then it finishes whatever you do you you test it out this is again what we call as creation Uh, uh preservation and dissolution this is the there are many laws in nature but this is the one basic law after space and time which runs through this entire nature right whatever you do there's a start you sustain it and then it finishes right test it out only then you will really understand about the golden age similarly you see they say that uh, in uh, you know in, in the in the sanskrit language they say that there is jagriti and there is prale right jagriti means that there is light and then there is darkness and isn't that uh, you look at the day night cycle 
right? You have the day and then you have the night. So there is this, so there will always be light and there will always be darkness. And exactly on these are built as what you call as the yugas or the chains or the cycles of evolution, right? Now, now I'm going to throw the picture a little bit more uh, widely here rather than going into statistical things or mathematical uh, explanations. You see, most of the human beings who are actually present today were present about three and a half million years ago, which was actually called the Atlantean period, right? And if I go back uh, another about, say, uh, uh, period before that, five to seven million years prior to that, and going back up to about 18 million years from now, there was what we call as the Lumerian period. Right? And if you actually open any book of geography or just go on the Google, look at how the world was, right? You know, previously India was a part of America. Then over time, you know, segregation has occurred and you know how, you know, uh, the continents and uh, Earth is actually reshaped, right? So what happened uh, during the Lumerian period? You see, this is what happens every time when we go against the laws of nature, then nature takes drastic steps. Nature destroys us. Not that nature is against us. Nature loves human beings, but it is only for our own betterment, right? So that is actually when these uh, great, uh, uh, what you call uh, earthquakes had actually come, right? And the, and the Lumerian period was finished. We were there as well, right? You were there, I was there as well, right? Then we came into what you call as the Atlantean period, right? Now, these Atlanteans, you know, to tell you the truth about them, we were so advanced that we had actually, we had started working with light. And virtually we had learned how to fly like birds. But what we did was that again, the little selfishness, relative happiness comes in. Mm -hmm. We wanted to control nature, right? We want to overpower the things which we were used to expose and share with everyone. So what happened? It became so bad that, uh, uh, you know, there was this, what they call as the great flood. And uh, within 48 hours, this entire continent of uh, Atlantis, it actually sank. And, you know, and if you want proof of this, because science always wants proof, you, you uh, uh, go and uh, look up on YouTube. Uh, there is this, uh, the Atlantean uh, city by National Geographic. Right? There's a 45 minutes documentary on it and scientists, marine scientists from uh, uh, Germany and from the UK, they've actually gone down and they've actually found that entire city. Right, So you can see it with your own eyes. Then I'll give you another example. Uh, you see, we find all these dinosaurs, uh, you know, the kids are very fond of dinosaurs. I buy a lot of toys for my grandkids, but there was this dinosaur age, right? And then at one time they ruled all over earth and that then the ice age came, the meteorite came over our physical sun and virtually the temperatures fell so low that the poor dinosaurs were just frozen into the ground. And today we are finding their bones, right? So you've got to understand that this ebb and flow, this stop and the start is actually there. But what has happened is that this present age, which we call as, which we call as Kali Yuga, or what we are calling as the Black Age, right? This started about uh, 3,100 years before uh, uh, Christ, uh, before Jesus Christ, right? And, and now it ended in 1999, right? But the sins 
that human beings have actually uh, a sort of uh, you know undertaken or done during this period has never been as black as this so far in our entire history and when i say okay i'm looking at you what is uh, the history of celeste you know you are not just uh, you know 40 year old girl or a 45 year old girl in actual fact you are actually almost 14 billion years old for 14 billion years you have been transitioning just on earth alone right these are uh, these are mega facts right but i'm just putting in so that we can get a little bit of an understanding now you see what happens is that uh, there are these uh, cycles the the mini cycles right the bigger cycle is about uh, uh, 25600 years right and in that there are these smaller cycles of 2160 years right and that is how the cycles actually change right so uh, you see this is called one cycle is called the yuga in uh, in uh, uh, Sanskrit, and it is called uh, you know the, the uh, just 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 use the term cycle in our English language, right? So uh, you see, every two thousand one hundred and sixty years, there is a change. New things come. If if we start tracing just our present, actually we can actually see that, right? The mini cycles. Now, basically, what is happening is that we are going from this black age into what we call as the golden age. In our day-to-day -day lives, why is this information of value? Okay, let me answer it directly, right? From 1945, right? We have got 270 years to change the course of our direction if we put in the effort. Because what has happened is, that uh, from 22nd of March, 1914, you see our entire solar system along with the sun and the planets has lifted, you see, to what we call as uh, the uh, solar vibrations, uh, which are, uh, you know, more pure. There is no vibrations of what we call as blackness because we are all traveling. In our own galaxy right i can go a little bit more deeper into that so as a result of that that is how you see because we are all affected by what the vibrations are around us right so what has happened is that from 1945 there is going to be like one wave of roughly 50 years then another wave for 50 years there will be 40 such waves right and when these 40 waves have sort of finished and each wave is stronger than the previous wave right then what we call as the golden age or the sixth root race will be fully established on earth right and you see the amount of people who will be uh, accommodated on this present earth will only be one billion right and what you find is whatever is actually happening around you now you, you will see that this will continue to intensify and increase the first wave started in about 1945 and finished in about 1993 roughly 50 years right the second one has now started in 2003 and will finish in 2043 it is even stronger so really when you look at it we have got so much now around us and we have got so much help that if but but you see the driver has got to come from within every individual that we have actually got to grow spiritually now you know this may not actually look good but i would like to actually state that that if this effort is not made by individuals, then we will be so much 
we will be thrown so much out of course of our own evolution that it could be easily a billion years before this opportunity actually comes again right because you know what we call as god or what you call as christ you know or what you call call as the higher masters who the higher masters are you know like buddha is a higher master krishna is a higher master jesus christ is a higher master they actually they are the ones really serving god and they are his true representatives now they have totally taken things in their own hand and what you call as you know that god wanted to establish this paradise or the kingdom of god on earth that's exactly where we are heading towards right but that paradise is going to be not that i'm running after my little selfish things you know if i can help celeste in some way and it's not really costing me anything i don't even bother even to connect all those things are going to go these things are going to be completely washed because as i told you about the earthquakes which came during the lemurian period as i told you that you know the great flood came during the atlantean period now there will be earthquakes for 40 days but in addition to that there will be fire and everything on this earth on which we are living and as we know it is going to come to an end and then we'll actually you see start the new wave for the phase of human beings so i think uh, it is time many as it is possible woke up you know to this because it's not only me actually who is talking see that is what we talked about that you said that not many people know about it but that is not true there are many people there are many people in this world present now who actually know about this they have written about it it's a matter of that individual to wake up and to sort of go actually in that direction right now you know look at uh, people keep on talking about this you open the news and they only talk about coronavirus right but but very few people actually know that this has not come from evil or from darkness this virus actually is something initiated by the spiritual hierarchies why because as i said cleansing is taking place in human beings how do you know that that it's come from a spiritual hierarchy like it's, <laughs> it's a big well, call yeah like, yeah 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 well well the thing is just that yes you can say it that it's a big call but it's only not only just me actually who has said that uh, there are quite a few people in europe as well who have uh, come out with that uh, same opinion, right? But how actually I'm able to tell that, uh, I mean, that's another detailed discussion. But you see, I still, you see, I have that psychic ability within myself where I'm able to communicate with the higher beings. And especially, you know, I communicate with Sage Ramana and I communicate with Master Bian Duno, right? And Master Bian Duno actually is one of the few who had, who had come from the hierarchy open up the gates for the coming of the sixth race right so when i communicate with them and i communicate with nature as well right and these are the answers which i get so the answers which i get as i said i'm an engineer i look around and i see well what they have said is it actually correct and what they say actually is correct because look you know before this virus came we have been busy running day and night families did not have time to sit down and to talk to each other but what it has done is it has shut down everything right and there you are for two months you know you're having like a paid holiday sitting at home your kids are there your wife is there you know and maybe your parents uh, live with you if it's a joint family system and actually you're able to for the first time communicate and you've got time to think where you are actually heading rather than you know be in this mad race of simply just earning money earning money uh, you know or uh, just you know 
you are busy with your uh, watching videos, busy watching movies, you know, busy with your girlfriend or boyfriend. That's all been cut completely. You see, it, this is cleansing. Look at it. It's cleaning up and this will continue. And right? what is it cleaning up? So, Distractions? No, no, no. It's cleaning up the sins that we have actually committed. It is what we call as the cleansing which is occurring in human beings from two perspectives. One, it has given us rest. It's trying to give us peace. And it's trying to, you know, force upon us now to think, where are we heading? Right? Because now it is going to be, you know, you see, you this Zoom has come or uh, uh, Facebook is there or YouTube is there. You got to look at it. This is basically the dawning of the golden age because in the golden age, all these religions are going to disappear, right? There will be sort of a uniformity right across earth. Everyone will have to live like how, you know, uh, a brother and a sister lives in a very pure relationship and a selfless relationship with each other. That is basically where we are heading. And that is why you've got all these cross communications. We don't look behind what is actually all that happening, but we are heading in that direction. Right? That's why nature has opened this up. I put this uh, question to Mother Nature and I said, oh, well, you know, when I was in meditation, I said, still, you know, people are still suffering, you know, with this virus. You know, I mean, is this going to continue? And you know what she said? She said that, look, I haven't stopped the sunlight. I haven't stopped you from going to the petrol pump and filling your car and go for your shopping. I haven't stopped the oxygen that actually you are breathing. I haven't stopped you that you cannot go out of your house and have a short walk. I mean, I haven't really cut anything. What I've cut is that I've asked you to sit down and reflect and think, where are you going? Right? So this is only this much. But you see, one way or the other, take it. And I'm telling you that now, you know, I mean, now uh, you, you see, uh, we are talking about how we will be in the next three years. We are making all these future plans. Economy will grow. This will happen. That will happen. But one thing or the other is always going to be there. We are going to be troubled and we need to start taking notice of that. Right? Can I Taken, say that again? We have to start taking notice of that. Right? We are not going to be, no, no, we can't just simply sit and carry on the way we have carried on. It's not going to be like that at all. And as I've said, that from 1945, you've got about 270 years. So you can, you know, uh, what is it, uh, you know, uh, count the eggs in your basket. Do you know, Anil, it's so funny because it's challenging getting your head around consciousness and awareness consciousness and the whole golden age and thousands of years from now is just a whole different ball game. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is that, look, even if you look at this, say, the one-hour discussion that we had, right if if say one were to honestly actually listen to what has actually been discussed i suppose that it puts one on the path if you really reflect upon that uh, you see the human mind is actually so beautiful that you know logically you can connect things it's not difficult yeah. all that you've got to do is you've got to move logically right that is why you know i i now guide a lot of people all over the world you know uh, I, you know, the Rishi asked me to make these uh, videos on YouTube and I was actually surprised that in about three or four months, about four months, uh, we have got about 900 hours of viewing, you know, about 26,000 people have actually watched, right? Mm. So, you know, there are and means. Neil, uh, you why, see? Yeah? why is, um, I've only gotten through three questions. 
Why is spirituality important? Yeah, you see, uh, look at it. Really simple, simple terms. Yeah. Look, when I when I look at uh, say, okay, at one time, let me take my own example, right? Say yeah. Anilji is there, right? Now my name is Anil, but in India, when you talk to someone respectfully, you call them G, Anil G. You know, like we had like. Uh, uh, Mrs. Celeste, right? Not just Celeste, right? Respectfully when you call. So there is a good side to every human being and there is a bad side to every human being, right? And basically when you look at it, the battle is within. We are really battling with our own demons, right? There's a good chunk of us which is good and there is a good chunk of us which is bad as well. Right. And the thing is this, that most of the time we are only following our own emotions and our own desires. And you see, they can be very, very misleading. Right. So what happens is that when uh, you see that is why right from ancient times, you know, when we look at our present times, there has been actually religion. Right. Which there has been what we call as mysticism. Right. There have been what we call as a sages. Right. And everyone in a particular religion follows his own religion. But when you look at your own religion as well, and when you look at the prophet who actually started that, their teachings are very pure. And their teachings are very simple, right? Say, for example, look at the Muslim religion, right? Or you look at the Punjabis, right? So Muhammad was a vegetarian, right? And when you look at the Punjabis, Guru Govind Singh, you know, who started this uh, Sikhism, the Sikhs, you know, the ones with the turbans, he was actually vegetarian, right? But what has happened is that because of Kali Yuga, what we discussed, because of the Black Age, you see all that has become, and you know, a lot of filth actually has been added to that, right? And that is how it is. This is how the cycles of nature and life is. It is the battle between the good and the bad. So the thing is this, that is why you have this spiritual life it actually helps to purify you, to really understand, to know, and to really enjoy. You know, even earth is a paradise. But do we really enjoy it the way that God has given it to us? Not really, right? So, so that is why it is of utmost importance to have a spiritual life in whatever way it may be. You know, you might uh, uh, follow somebody you like, you might like to read about something, you might want to reflect on, you know, certain things. Spiritual life is very important because until you have got a spiritual quest, how are you actually going to grow and get all out of the daily grind? Right? So, in very simple terms, that's why a spiritual quest and a spiritual life is of uh, utmost importance, especially in the present times, right? And, and, and look at it, this uh, Quidian virus has actually helped to go actually in that direction because you see, you look at your life prior to that, we were busy, right? From morning to evening, we are running, we want to do this, we want to do that. The moment uh, mid of March, you know, around 21st of March came for two months, we're just sitting here, right? Now look, I'm retired, you know, I only work two days a week, but I had to tell my boss, so uh, you're going to pay me for doing nothing. And, you know, I told her, you know, in the meeting room, I don't really like that, right? But she said, Anil, don't worry, you're only working two days a week. There's half the staff sitting there full time who are being paid and they're not doing anything because we are purchasing ventilators and equipment and all that because I work in health to fight the Kuwaitian virus, right? 
So I got an opportunity being paid for two days. I work two days and I do spiritual work. I said, my boss wants me to do that. That is what I will do. Right. So the thing is this hasn't comedian virus helped actually everyone to sit down and to reflect where we are heading. Because if you don't reflect and you don't go in that direction, nature is going to take care of all this anyway. As you wrote um, the book, Life, yeah, Bef- book? Life Beyond Death. Yeah. And my question around this is, why is this important information for someone to know about <laughs> life after death? Like, yeah, you know what, yeah, the, sometimes yeah. the, the challenge is just living now and staying present in the, this moment. How will yeah. this knowledge about death help us? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, in, in, in very simple terms, right? Uh, uh, first of all, you know, this, uh, uh, this is another law of nature, reincarnation, which has been washed or, you know, what is it, uh, uh, operated upon, you know, in, in some of these uh, scriptures of the best, right? But look at one thing. Uh, we are awake during the daytime. Everyone is awake and we are active. Then when the sun sets, we have our dinner and then we sort of uh, around 10 o'clock, uh, 10.30, you know, depending, varying a little bit. We go into a dream state and then we go to deep sleep. Right? When you are in deep sleep, you know nothing. Consciousness is there, of course. Your heart is beating, you know, you're breathing and so forth and so on. The blood is circulating. We're not really dead as in dead, right? Physically dead. And then we wake up in the morning. So you see, just like you wake up every day, what we call as reincarnation is, you just wake up in another world, right? You really have to actually study this. Now, just uh, cutting straight through every human being, right? If I say that Celeste is, uh, you know, uh, 14 billion years old and you have been actually around Earth, then you have passed through many lives. And when you go deeper into that, three lives we are like a female and three lives we are a male. 2,160 years is the cycle. Roughly about 700 years of one life of this cycle of reincarnation, which the time has now changed, but briefly explaining. Now you see what happens is that when actually you are born, you, you see, that is how nature has made it, that you completely forget from where actually you came or what you were doing prior to that, right? And you lead your physical life exactly as your question was, uh, we just wake up in the morning and we are only concerned with the present and we do whatever actually has to be done. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's basically what we are actually supposed to be doing. But you see, always this question arises and this is a basic question, from where did you come? Why did you come? Why are you doing what you're doing? And where are you going to go? Look at it. If you, if you really look at this, this is a very genuine question and it will be in the mind of every human being. Where you came? Why you came? What are you doing what you're doing? And where are you going to go? Right? Which is answered in that day-night cycle. Uh, you know. So basically, when you read this book, Life Beyond Death, you see, this is uh, a very important aspect of one's uh, spiritual quest. And in one interview I had said in India, you know, that this book is actually unique of its type in the world because rather than read volumes and volumes about this, this actually gives you a blueprint. And it reawakens what is already present within us. Because when you finish your life in the physical world, you enter into the astral world or the world of emotions. You enter your astral body, 
when you finish your life there you enter into your mental body which is the mental world right and then when you finish your business there you are reborn based on whatever your sanskars or whatever your karmas you know or whatever your bank balances of karmas and whatever you want to learn in the next life you are reborn again and so this cycle of rebirth goes on and on and on and on until we come back to or oh, should we seek uh, absolute happiness or do we want to keep on going with this relative happiness of rebirths right so it is actually deeper so once you know and this is basically all the great sages have said that if you want to find the truth you got to go within yourself right and you got to put the basic questions you know which i put where do your thoughts come from you know now silly thoughts are not coming from anil or from your husband or from your father they come from within you right your feelings they also come from within you but how do they come right so this all connects slowly you see uh, you can only know about reincarnation when you start experimenting with it and start knowing what's going on and suddenly two and two connect together and you get a four right so this book life beyond death gives you a blueprint of really who you are right and it helps you to fathom and actually go beyond a relative happiness to a state i always say the changeless state because absolute happiness is ever present what is absolute happiness directly connected to consciousness not affected by this cycle of rebirth the day night cycle or whatever it is but you got to start somewhere you know you just asked me about uh, a spiritual life so there you are this is one of the quests right and a lot of people have actually read about this book at one time in 2013 2014 uh, sorry in 2011 2012 reached about 33 million people in two states in india so uh, you know yeah. um you talk yeah. about reincarnation if we are reincarnated in this life how do you manage how do we manage behaviors that don't serve us you know can we change them can we change yeah. <laughs> Hey, look uh, you, you see uh, to tell you the very truth about this to change one habit of ours it will take three lifetimes <laughs> right no no this is a you know what when people to say 21 days i think that's like this it takes a lot longer than that or maybe 100 days but three lifetimes yeah 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 because your habits still don't go look you know uh, i may be i say that i'm in oneness with the reality but i'm still on it right and anil has his uh, likes and dislikes of the habits that he brought into this world right we are unique that way but what you have got to realize is that one is our lower nature which is actually quite corrupt and wants you know things its way and one is actually your higher nature which is changeless now that is the switch if you go towards absolute happiness if you recognize and realize your higher nature your higher nature also functions in many ways from within you a very simple example of that is attention look we never pay uh, or look at attention one day i walked out of chatswood station and suddenly you know my senses were brought to my attention and i realized the presence of god there attention itself is what actually was god, god doing at chatswood station <laughs> well this is what happens it doesn't matter you see yeah, no. because i communicate with the reality all the time right so you see wherever your attention goes that is what you are able to focus upon 
But what you do is that you focus on the object. You never focus on the attention. And attention itself is that absolute happiness or changeless happiness present right there, right? So your higher nature is capable of getting rid of all of your habits in one go. Okay, so if you operate within your higher nature, then yes. there's, yes. okay, then, then, then it can help you manage or yeah. dissipate. So, so, yeah. So what happens there is that though your habits may not change, right? But your habits will no longer trouble you anymore. And you will not pay attention to those habits anymore because now your outlook has changed. Mm. And that is how suddenly you have washed away all your habits. Whereas if you were trying, if you were trying, you know, this is everyone's experience, no matter how hard we try. You know, we have got a particular habit. We make that same mistake every now and then. Every one year, two years, it's the same old thing which comes back. Right? So you can work around it, but you can't change it completely. Now, I've got to be very honest in this. Right? And how do we change it? That is what we, I call the prophets or the masters like uh, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, Muhammad, uh, you know, Gautam Buddha, uh, you know, or Rama or Krishna. That is what they taught us how to do that. That is why the religious scriptures, uh, you know, like the Quran or, you know, like the Bhagavad Gita or the Bible stands out even till today because there is something in them mm -hmm. which you will not find in the ordinary, uh, you know, day-to-day uh, run-of-the-mill -day things, right? If someone's on the spiritual path and looking for a guru, a spiritual guru, teacher, you know, there's yeah. thousands of them out there how do they discern between someone that is authentic and genuine yeah look uh, this is this is very very simple right first of all your true guru is your inner guru which is I love that. we talked about you see uh, uh, consciousness is everywhere it is at all times it is here and it is actually now there is no other greater guru than your own light of consciousness right you don't have to run or go anywhere but your question is actually correct because at a relative level we do need somebody who can actually guide us correctly right and Ramana Maharishi actually gave a very beautiful and a very simple answer to this right what he said was that if you are in someone's company right and you feel calm and you feel peaceful right beautiful words right you feel calm and you feel peaceful peaceful is a very big thing right then your own you know uh, your own intuition tells you well he is the person to follow so then actually follow him but unfortunately that is not what happens i wrote in one of my books that finding a true guru in the current world is like finding a needle in a haystack because what you find is that that guru himself has got a lot of holes within him as time passes right but but this thing you cannot the thing is is that if you feel at peace and you find a serenity or a quietness coming around you in the presence of such a person, right? Then, uh, I mean, uh, you see, I don't uh, consider anyone as a guru or a student. We are living actually in duality, basically all are same. But that is the answer to your question of finding a true guru. I think that's one of the best answers I've ever heard. Yeah. And they're all oh, okay. so good. Well, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Okay, just before we go, just give us some yeah. simple tips on how to manage thoughts and feelings that don't serve us. You know, that play games in our mind, that, you know, that internal dialogue. 
Well, what's some yeah. simple practical tips? Yeah, look, the, the simplest and the most practical tip, right? I will actually uh, tell you, and I'll tell you the source as well, was actually Sage Ribhu in the ancient times, right? And he had uh, written 2,500 verses on this reality, and it is called Ribhu Gita, right? And uh, the sage, actually Sage Ramana actually told me that when I'm guiding others, as one of the as one of the satsangs or the spiritual discussions i should do only chapter 10 of that right and in that he, he goes quite uh, beautifully but one of the things he says is that there are many methods given by the ancient sages and in the scriptures uh, which is you know like uh, uh, you know you try to distract your mind by saying some mantra or something within yourself you sit quietly cross-legged and you listen to some beautiful music of a waterfall or a lovely audio, uh, right? You give time to yourself, you know, relaxation uh, and whatever, you know. So, but, and then we, we come to the three, which are very important. You see, one is actually reading, right? Reading the, uh, the correct things. You know, psychology comes very close to that uh, in which you can, you know, it's, it's of interest to you how actually you can overcome that inner battle of the demons of the thoughts and the feelings going on within you. But then, Next to that is listening, right? Listening is uh, you go on YouTube, right? And in YouTube, you will find the most enlightened of uh, human beings and their videos, right? So that listening, so listening is basically, you know, try to listen to someone who is far more advanced or experienced in this field than one may be. Right? It's very simple, very simple technique. This is basically given by the sage. But the one that actually takes you across this river of uh, you know, the battle which goes on within you is this word. Listen to it very carefully, right? Is reflection. Okay? So reflection is very, very important, right? Because you cannot overcome this uh, battle until there is clarity in your mind. And clarity can only come by reflection means reflecting upon your actions, upon your thoughts, where actually you are heading. And you'll hardly find, you will hardly find even in the ones who are the, even the most advanced uh, uh, spiritual students, reflection seems to be missing. Right? So try it out and you will actually find that this is actually correct. Right? So uh, okay. absorb actually what I have said, you know, it's, uh, mm. I've just said in very simple terms, what is the best actually. But then uh, if you talk to Sage Ramana or you talk to someone who is enlightened, they always say that, look, because everyone is at different levels of their development. So what suits you at a particular time, right, which is actually the correct thing for you to do, whether it is just sitting down and doing simple meditation, right, or it is just, you know, saying a mantra, within yourself or it is just that you know you want to go to the church and you want to pray to jesus or you want to go to the temple and you want to pray to lord krishna or you want to read the bhagavad gita whatever suits you at a particular level of your development undertake that because it's not worth someone just saying something and then if you're not up to that level it's no good to you right and for that listen to your inner voice 
because this light of consciousness or something within every human being tells him, look, you know, when you do something wrong, right? Even when this thought comes, something within you, no matter, you know, you may be a criminal or whatever you may be, something within you comes and tells you, look, don't do it. Listen to that gentle voice and that is your best guide in this. But you can only listen to the inner voice if there is reflection in you, if you're reflecting upon it. Mm. If there is no reflection on what you do, you're not going to go anywhere. Right? So, and Neil, yeah. my last question is, I'm going to go back to the title of the podcast, You Don't Know What You Don't Know. Yeah. In your, however, I don't even know how old you are, 60? Well, I'm 62. 62 <laughs> years, yeah, okay. Yeah. And you're 62? 62, 62 now. But then 14 billion years. Oh, that's right. To the physical plane. <laughs> For 14 billion, you're looking pretty and, good. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at my real nature, then, uh, you know, I'm ageless, you see. Because <laughs> me, as what you call as the reality or consciousness, does not come and go. Everything comes and goes in it, you know. So that is really the answer to your question, right? Depends, as I said. That wasn't the question. <laughs> the question is. Yeah. What's the question, yeah? Yeah. Your 62 years of this lifetime, what has been that moment for you? You didn't know what you, you know, you, you, you know what you didn't know. Like that moment where yeah, okay. yeah, something yeah, okay. opened that, up. Yes, yes. Look, look, okay. Uh, that's very, like, very Honestly, easy. just for a comparison, my example, like the understanding of duality really, um, maybe five years ago when someone explained it to me, I, I had never heard of it or understood it. And it, mm -hmm. it and as a result, it freed something in me about attachment to being right or wrong and all this stuff. So that, that mm. kind of an example similar to that in your, you know, experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look. Uh, that one that I we can relate to too, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, the thing is, is that uh, very, very simple. You see, you look at one thing. One, whatever we do, we are looking for happiness in it, right? But then, let me take it a little bit further. In my own life, it had, been, it had been that, you see, everyone actually feels insecure. Whatever we do, we want to feel secure in it, right? So the, the security that I was looking in my life was not the security of this world of space and time, which comes and goes. You know, you could be the richest person in the world. You leave your physical body, your money is sitting in the bank, and you are gone. So what security did this money actually give you, right? You could have uh, the best husband or the best wife, right? But when you go to sleep, you don't know who's sleeping next to you, right? And one day when both of you leave your physical form, you know, that scene has actually come to an end. That life has actually come to an end. So, and that whatever security they gave you during that lifetime is still temporary because eventually mother nature has destroyed it, right? So you see, I was looking for that ultimate security and that is the security that I found that, you know, and that is what I live in, right? If you ask me whatever I do, however I do, why I enjoy it, because you see this security, which I ultimately found is not touched by anything by whatever I may do, right? And that is the reality, the changeless reality, which in very simple words is consciousness or awareness or God or whatever name you may actually call it. You know, we have now talked for one hour, but that reality is still present. And that's what I see all the time, right? And that is what I call as a real happiness, right? So that is, that is, that is my answer, you know, to your uh, question. 
That's a great answer. That's yeah. Well, well I just thanks got for a question. <laughs> yeah. Does security mean the same thing to you as peacefulness? Is it like a peace? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, but it is un yeah, but but it is unbroken peace. Yeah. You know, in which so, the waves of this, you uh, know, in which the waves of this life will be there. I'm not taking away that I don't go through periods of uh, which we may call as suffering, right? But it's, it's look, we can use it there. That you see, pain is there. I cannot avoid pain. You know, my foot gets crushed, I will get pain, right? But suffering is not there in it, mm. right? And that is actually what we call as unbroken peace, not a relative peace. The peace which just comes and goes, you know, that chillist or anil, uh, you know, and your uh, uh, hubby, they go out and have a nice dinner, right? It, that's very peaceful. We have our Christmas uh, dinner, you know, once a year. But it's temporary. It goes. What happens after the dinner, right? So this is unbroken peace means that this thing which is there will always be there with me, no matter where I may be, even in a uh, hundred million years from now, right? That's a lot of birthdays, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, okay. Just, 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 just to add to this, you know, you see the human brain has got about 44 characteristics or attributes in it. And so far, only about seven are developed. And in a hundred million years from now, you know, the size of your brain will only be 200 grams and it will carry everything in it. Okay, I'm going to throw you um, a projection that someone told me, like, this is quite far-fetched, but I'm going to put it out there and see what you think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They said in 2060, we will be communicating non-verbally. So your thoughts yeah, will yeah. Uh, transist straight away without... Uh, yeah, okay. I'll just uh, put my spin on that. Please do. It, yeah, it won't be actually in 2060. But exactly that's where we are transitioning towards or moving towards, right? So in, in 64,000 years from now, right, uh, we will be more powerful than the physical sun. So much light will come through the human being. Because that's, this is what basically space and time is. This is where we are projecting and growing, right? That's why it is very, very important to understand that, look, the time for dreaming and doing silly things is over for human beings. You have to move forward. You don't have a choice now because our destiny is decided. Now, this person, whoever gave you this projection must be quite spiritually advanced. He will be there one day when you see, uh, you know, you'll be able to communicate just via thoughts, right? You know, at the moment, the reproduction comes, a baby is born, you know how the baby is born from a female, but a time will come when the reproductive organ will move to the throat and a time will come when not only by thought will you be able to what do you call uh, communicate with others but you will also give birth just by thinking of what you want can you imagine that time is also coming right and you can have exactly the type of baby that you want right and then when these times come the male and the female are not going to live together the father will live with the daughter and the mother will live with the son but they will live at the other end of earth you know, and then they will communicate by thought. So there you are, a few more spins for you on what you said. Wow. <laughs> My brain's just exploded. Um, right. But, but, but all these things are there, right? This is not now new because so many, uh, you see, great masters have come, uh, you know, from uh, 1850 and they are continuing to come. 
and they have given so much knowledge so much knowledge even if you went through my own master uh, or the rishi master bensa tuno he gave seven and a half thousand lectures right and there's only four and a half thousand left because the rest were destroyed by the communists but everything what is needed for the present age is given beyond any expanse of knowledge just in those lectures alone right so uh, there you are okay so if we um want to live a universal life a higher powered life higher mm -hmm. spiritual life what's yeah. one thing i should do tomorrow it just be simple, you know. That's all. That's perfect, Anil. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been so Rishi, much fun. Like, like, like my Rishi says that, uh, you know, don't complicate things. Just keep them simple. Right? Because what you need is, you see, not the knowledge, not actually whatever I've actually discussed. What you need, you see, and what will take you actually through is humility. Right? And humility only comes with simplicity, not with ego. That is the true answer. So if you want to do something tomorrow, just be humble. Bring humility in you. That's all. That is the test, not the knowledge, you know, for uh, entering into the sixth race. Right? This is actually true and said by many masters. Thanks so much, Neil. Okay. Um, we're going right. to stop the recording now, but hold on. Yeah. I want to chat yeah. to you a bit more. Okay. <laughs> Oh, gee. Bye, oh, everyone. Yeah. <laughs>